Hello, welcome back to the JB podcast, the JB cast, episode number 27. Welcome, fam. We're here today with myself, Paul Photophilly, Joe Worthington. Hello. To your award. <laughs> Hi. And special guest, Kareem Solomon. Hello. So, welcome, welcome, bro. Welcome. Thanks. Welcome, Kareem. We're, um, we're down at uh, 15 Underwood Avenue, Botany, for anyone that wants to come and, and visit us yes, and are. learn about the Fight, Lift, Move methodology that we've created. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube. You can catch us on Instagram. Um, if you just want to know more about it or have a chat to us, you can reach out through the website, junglebrothers.com. Um, and special shout out to our boy Tree and to Panavore Cafe. They're supplying the coffee that we're sipping on today. Um, Thank you. Yeah, fuck. Thank you so much. Delicious. Last week we were super hyped, like actually turbocharged because may, I might have had a bit too much coffee. But I, I went, plan I to go there quick. again today. <laughs> um, today's topic, we, uh, we're, we're trying to come up with a name for it. And uh, today's topic is vanquishing your inner critic and overcoming mental barriers. And uh, this is a, this is a, a big field and a, like, a, like a big topic. And it was actually, Kareem, that was something that you brought up because I, you, you train with us and I know that I, you're an interesting guy and you're a well-studied guy. Thank and you. Yeah, you're a fascinating dude. And I asked you to come on and, and you said, well, you know, like I, I could talk about this. Um, so I was like, dude, talk about it. So could you, could you start with maybe a little intro on, on your journey, who you are and what you do? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so at the moment, what I'm doing is um, I'm, I'm studying organisational psychology, uh, and I work in a psychiatric hospital. So I've, I've um, yeah, I've done the equivalent of, of, of four years studying psychology. Uh, learned a whole bunch of really interesting things. Um, you know, a lot of um, a lot of interesting science in there. But um, you know, some of it I've been able to apply some of it you know I've, I've really struggled with um you know i think in terms of my own sort of journey around health and fitness it's it's um you know it's been it's been all over the place for me um you know there's been times in my life where i have been really disciplined and on top of the ball and and um you know a, a, and able to sort of stick to routine and 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 that sort of thing but um you know it's it's sort of come and gone over the course of my life, but it always has been an interest for me. So, you know, I think going back to, you know, high school, I got my, um, I got my Cert 3 in fitness instruction um, when I was in year 11. So I, I didn't know that. That's I cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, it's... it's um, so you're very well educated. So, uh, well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, what we were learning back then is very different. It's the same <laughs> yeah, shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I felt like I rocked up here and had to chuck out half the textbook, you know, with... with, with <laughs> the whole textbook. Like, the whole textbook. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, definitely a, a, a very different way of doing things here at JB Brothers, which I've just been, you know, like soaking up in, in, in my journey. Yeah, um, How'd you find us? Um, and what drew, drew you to... Really interesting story, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, I was, um, I was in Thailand. Um, you know, I, I, I went to Thailand to, to train for a couple of months on um, Soi Tai Jied. Um, that's oh, where nice. like Tiger right. Muay Thai is. And, yeah. you know, there's a whole bunch of like fitness gyms. There's a bit of a, like a fitness mecca. In, Full of ass kickers. In, in Thailand. And, um, you know, uh, one of the guys, I, I went on a meditation retreat there actually. And um, one of the guys I met on meditation retreat was actually, he was also training at um, 
so I had Jed and Phuket and um, we just got to talking a bit and you know it was pretty much on the same wavelength as me when it comes to you know sources of information and and um, uh, yeah so this 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 guy was just you know like we're, we're vibing on that level and he's like look if you're in Sydney you have to check out Jungle Brothers who um, was it so this guy's name is Robert Beale. Um, he's, he's a Dutch guy. He's never been here before. But I've seen this guy yeah. on our on our social he's, media. So shout out, Rob. Um, yeah, he's um, shout so out, Rob. What a yeah, ledge. He's, um, our tentacles stretch far <laughs> and wide. <laughs> so he, he was doing like a gymnastics apprenticeship over there with, with GMB Fitness, and he's really into the whole you know movement culture thing. And you know he was really impressed by what you guys are doing. He's like, you absolutely have to check it out. Um, so I came down here, checked it out, loved it, stuck with it. <laughs> so fuck, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Joe, send that guy a t-shirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I do know him. I know he's okay. commented on stuff and we've had an exchange. It's B-I-J-L. Yeah, yeah. Okay, B-I-J-L. How do you pronounce it? I'm just taking a guess in all honesty. Yeah. That's a wicked story. That's cool, So that you just dialed up and... You came to our, it was an open day or a family yeah, and friends Yeah, it was day, an open day when you guys first moved here, so... Um, you live around yeah. here? I live in Hurstville. And did you grow up in Sydney? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. I've been here my whole life, so... Yeah. Mm. Nice, man. You said you studied... Organ, was it organizational? Uh, organizational psychology. Okay, what so, does that mean? Yeah, so I, it's, um, it's, it's a specialization. You know, I've only okay. just started studying it. I'm, I'm about one term into it and just started placement as well. Um, so organizational study is more about um, psychology in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it's, it's more focused on, you know, like how... Um, well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things in there. So there's things like like leadership development. There is some mental health stuff in there as well. There's like... Uh, selection and assessment, you know, just just creating environments that are, you know, psychologically safe, and um, and 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 what sort of you know principles can be applied from psychology to actually help people, you know, whether it be manage change or, or produce more effectively, or, or you know, it works on a whole bunch of different levels there. So yeah, okay. Where did you study at? Uh, so I studied. Um, I did my undergrad at at ACAP, um, Australian College of Applied Psychology. Mm. Um, and I'm currently currently studying at Macquarie University. So I, before all that, I did a business degree at, at UTS like 10 years ago. So, Tell yeah. me, you mentioned when, uh, just before when you were um, talking about the, the studies and your personal journey with health and fitness. Yeah. The, was, was part of the impetus for you to go and study psychology, did that come from your own experience and, and your like dealing with your own psychology in a way? Is that kind of part of the part of the journey? Yeah, that's actually like for, for a lot of people that wind up in, you know, whether it be psychology or counseling or any sort of mental health related field, um, you know, it's it's quite common for people, you know, to have been touched in some way, either in their own personal lives or the, or the lives of their loved ones. Um, you know, by a mental health issue, which sort of draws their their, their attention and their focus, and then um, you know leads to, I guess, a fascination and, and, and wanting to help other people. So, yeah, my my story definitely fits that um, that that mold. Um, you know, there's there's uh, something called a wounded healer archetype um, that dates back like centuries, apparently. So it's not it's not anything new. But yeah, I definitely I've I've had my own sort of. Um, challenges that you know I've been fortunate enough to 
to um, you know to make a past, but you know, it it makes total sense. Like when you if you want to deal with somebody that has already travelled the path that you're going through successfully, mm. and we get it all the time in our gym, yeah. uh, even with the coaches that are, uh, have been through tough times, come out the other end, and they're fitter and stronger for physi- on a physical level. Yeah, and yeah. people are drawn to that person because they're like, oh, okay, there's a, there's a journey there. They've gone to places that. I'm going through now and they've overcome it so they've got an answer. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it definitely facilitates empathy. Um, So, you know, when... You know, when you understand what someone else is going through, having you know lived that experience, and when when the other person assumes that you understand as well, you know, when they can, you know, they have some sort of idea of you know where you've been and what you've done. Um, again, the the assumption is that they're going to take you more seriously. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. strong leadership. Yeah, you're yeah. legitimate. There there is an argument um, in in psychology that you know there's sort of a limit to the benefit of of, of empathy because you know if you're trying to make an objective decision and that's based on the science and that's sort of not influenced by your own personal experience, mm. then sometimes that that can sort of cloud judgment a little bit. Mm. So it's an interesting point. Yeah. But um, but no, I mean, in terms of just talking to people and connecting with people, absolutely, you know, it, it helps. So you know, on that, what would be? Could you tell us? Could you talk a little bit more on the on the fitness journey for you, and maybe what the what the struggles have been? Because you've alluded to that. But what is the yeah? What's been the the hurdles there? Sure, sure. So. Um, well, I guess from you know for, from a young age, you know, I was an overweight kid. Um, so somewhere along the line, I don't even know how it happened, but um, you know, I think I just ran around a lot at recess and lunch, and then you know, I wound up on on an athletics team um, <laughs> doing doing sprints, you know, and and I was still like a pretty pretty big guy back then. So you know, it was a little bit weird to see you know one of the bigger guys on the sprint. Usually, it was a, the small little skinny yeah, kids yeah, out yeah. on the sprint yeah. team. Um, yeah, and then, um, I don't know, I guess I just kept running around. I, I, I got into kickboxing when I was about 13, um, you know, so I stuck with that for a bit and, you know, fell in love with Muay Thai and, and um, um, you know, got into, you know, Bruce Lee philosophy and, and, and you know, <laughs> went down that rabbit hole. So, I, um, but, yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, I, I had moments in high school where I was sort of able to get up on, on a regular basis and... and um, you know, do those those five o'clock runs and and um, you know that sort of thing. But the motivation has sort of you know come and gone for me, you know, uh, over time. And um, tell know. me about what um, what that when it was gone. What does that what did that look like to you? Like these these hurdles that you're talking about, where yeah. things were up and down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I guess it's you know. It, difficult to describe but um you know I, I do remember sort of being in that headspace and and you know on, on the one hand it was like I know I you know I should be doing something but I should be you know getting out there and having people around me that that sort of were you know um you, you know were, were sort of kicking goals in that department as well and 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 I guess you know part of that inner critic was was um you know, I, I I can't reach that level. You know, they've 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 gone down. They're doing mm, something mm. that I can't do. Mm. Um, Fallen well, behind, too far to catch yeah, up, kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, and then you know, as as you know, the the eating behaviors start to change. You know, and I start to chuck on some more weight. You know, then it's then it's a case of okay, 
you know, I'm not even, like, physically capable of, of, of starting, <laughs> you know? Like, where do I start for, mm. you know? So, so that gap gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it just sort of gets gets more and more demoralising around, okay, mm. you know, what am I actually doing? So, yeah. what, does that, what does that stem from? This, so dealing with your inner critic and comparing yourself to others, is that because they, they seem like they're two different things to me, but are they... Are they one in this? Is it, is it one in the same thing? Is there something that you're well, dealing with in, inside your? I mean, obviously, yeah, you're yeah. So, um, really, you know, what I've come to learn since is that you know, there's, there's, um, you know, we were talking about this beforehand. The shame emotion. So, shame is, is, you know, when we talk about emotional awareness, you know, like if you're if you're angry or sad or happy, you know, there's some emotions that are pretty easy to sort of recognise. Um, you know, sh- shame is, is one that's a little bit more difficult and it's, and it's really pervasive in that, you know, it, it can sort of wind up, you know, influencing major decisions in, in your life without even being aware of it. Mm. And, um, and the way I conceptualise it is that, you know, when you are feeling shame, you know, it's, um, it, it's able to feed that inner critic, you know, so it influences the thought pattern in a direction of, of you know, I'm not worthy, I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, there's, the, again, feelings of inferiority, you know, there's, there's this comparison between you and what everyone else is doing, feeling like... Not capable. It's, it's, it's a really, yeah, yeah, not capable, but, you know, a, a lot of it sort of revolves around judgment, you know, judgment of yourself, um, you know, even judgment of others, you know, sort of factors into it as well. Peers. Or, or how, how you perceive others are going to be judging you. So, you know, um, again, you know, Brene Brown has, has done some amazing work around this, if anyone is interested in disappearing down the rabbit hole. So she's got some TED Talks, YouTube videos. Um, Who is she? Brene Brown. So she's a, she's a, a, a shame researcher. Okay. Um, you know, it's so, uh, a book that she wrote mm. called "The Power <coughs> of Vulnerability." Um, was something that you know had quite a quite a profound impact mm. on my mm. life. So, um, yeah, I, I think you know part of the solution is is you know learning to identify you know when when we are experiencing um, those those feelings of inferiority, when we are making those comparisons, or when we're telling ourselves this is what we should be. So let's you say you, you're you going into this space because we've all been there. I've been there myself. Yeah. I'm sure it's very difficult. More, like for some people, it's harder than others. Yeah. Uh, is there like a, a checklist that you can go through? Like a, it, what kind of tools do you need to to deal with some with like once you've recognised something, sure, you've recognised it, yeah. but then you have to have a solution for it. Yeah. What does that look like? Sure. Um, so... Look, I mean, uh, again, a lot of the stuff Renee Brown talks about is, is just around, um, you know, shining a light on them, bringing it out into the open because, you know, these these things... Like verbally? Like yeah, talking to... Yeah, like actually, you know, being able to, you know, to, to share, you know, what, what's going on for you and, and, and acknowledge it. And, um, you know, I, I think that these things thrive in secrecy um, and the tendency is for us to to shove it down or, or, you know, or pretend it's not happening or, or even judge ourselves for feeling that way. <laughs> mm, you know, mm. It's like a, it's like a double emotion. It's like, you know. Yeah. Cause we, we don't, we, we, we think we shouldn't feel like that. Yeah. Don't we? Mm. We should be kind of confident you, yeah. and happy. And so you judge yourself for judging yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, 
bit of a mind screw that one. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a downward spiral. That yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, look, I, I think you know, there's, there's. Um, so finding good communities is a, is a, or, yeah, or people well, you can feel you know, trust, tr- trust enough to open, open up to. Yeah, yeah. So being able to, you know, uh, and this is why connection, you know, um, you know, comes into the equation because you know when you. Firstly, when you come to realize that you're not the only person that's feeling this way, um, that everyone has experienced that at some point in their life, um, and you feel comfortable enough to, or, or you might even be stepping outside of your comfort zone in terms of actually, you know, talking about, you know, what's going on for you. But, you know, m- invariably, the person that you're talking to is going to be able to relate on some level. You know, you, you, you're sharing a piece of yourself, you're getting vulnerable. Um, you know, and, and it gives it, it gives the other person a chance to be able to reciprocate, and these are the things that build trust and, and, and facilitate connection, and, and they just help us feel like we're not alone. You know, I think, you know, sort of the the antidote to this comparison that this is how normal people behave, and I'm like way below the line, <laughs> is to understand that no, this is you know, <laughs> everyone does have this thought pattern to some extent around, you know, things that they they, they feel like they're just not good enough in. You know, how do you know on that? Because I'm, I'm guessing if we go to the other end of the of the spectrum, well, not the other end of the spectrum, but the other side of the argument, perhaps, which is that like you have to have an amount of, you can't yeah. just be infinitely sort of confident, right? Like there has to be an amount of, oh, maybe I can't do that, or maybe I'm not good enough yet. Well, how do you know when it's when it hits that point of not useful? Yeah. And it's unhealthy or... And I guess this is one of the things I've sort of, you know, toyed with because you're absolutely right. There is a flip side to, you know, um, this, 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 this paradigm we're discussing here. Um, you know, on, on the one hand, um, you know, this idea of humility um, that, you know, when you experience shame, like say, for example, if, if, if you are getting a little bit big for your boots, um, you know, being able to connect with a level of, of, of humility and maybe having a failure can, can be a good thing for you, you know, just, just to remind yourself that, that, that you are human, um, you know, that, that none of us are perfect um, and being able to sort of acknowledge that there is that room for growth, there is that, you know, that, that um, you know, there is that, that knowledge that, that other people have to share with me. There are still things I can learn, there are still, you know, places that, that, that I can grow to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that you know, on, on the one hand, I think part of the, the the traditional dialogue around around shame is you know, like if you if you feel like you're not good enough, you feel like you know this is you know you, you have to conquer you in a bitch, you have to you know shove it down and move past that. And you know, when you hear a lot of motivational speakers talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. you know, you just got to get rid of that mind frame and break out of it and power through and, and, yeah. and fight it. <laughs> and, and it's like, look... Setting them up for a fall. It's not really helpful. Well, look, I mean, oh. that, that's going to work for some people. Um, I just don't see that as being sort of a sustainable way of actually mm. dealing with, you know, like w- what you're experiencing because, you know, I, I've just, you know, I'm seeing it in some people. They can switch it on for like a day or two. It's like, okay, all right, cool. I'm going to do this. Okay. I'm going to jump into it. And, and look, in fairness, you know, I've fallen down that trap myself. But, uh, you know, mm. I get psyched up and, and, you know, I listen to you know, like C.T. Fletcher or something. (laughs) 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 And just jump in the gym and and, and want to go for it. But um, But it fades away. It it does fade away. And and I think, you know, for me, um, you know, part part of the mental barrier of even rocking up to to the gym to begin with is is this idea that, 
you know, I'm going to rock up and there's going to be people that are doing some super cool stuff that I've got no chance of doing, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like if I rock up, you know, I see people doing handstands like everywhere, <laughs> uh, you know. Or I, I fucking, I'm, I'm an owner of this gym and I can relate to that, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Like I, <laughs> it's true. I, I, I love the idea of it because I come in and think, okay, I, I'll, I'll be training downstairs and I'll be the, the least experienced in whatever we're doing and, and the tightest and the weakest. And I think uh, it's hard to move out of uh, what could potentially become a negative thought pattern and flip into, okay, this is actually what I've been striving for as a business owner with these guys from day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so to have a place a, where a, these, the, yeah. The battle that goes on there, little battle. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess there's that comparison, you know, like when, when, oh, yeah. when, when you rock up, you know. So um, how I've sort of tried to approach that, you know, is, is to just, you know, again, I have to connect with that humility before I even rock up. You know, I have to, you know, and I suppose I feel this most intensely, you know, when I'm on my way to a grappling class, you know, because I know that, you know, I'm going to get tapped out like 20 times. Like that's the assumption, you know, that, that there's, there's guys that are just going to absolutely maul me. So I... Um, but rather than sort of, you know, thinking about how much it's going to hurt or, or mm. you know, how, how much, you know, how, how horrible it's going to look, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to, you know, get to this place where I understand, okay, you know, this is where I am, you know, but let me have a go with it anyway. <coughs> let me just, you know, yeah. you know, it might look a bit awkward, it might look a bit bumbly, but let me just have some fun with it. Just as long as I'm giving it a go, yeah. you know, I'm not sort of expected to be awesome at it. I'm not expected to, you know. Do you, uh, what do, do you actually like with your coming to that place before you, you train or before you say into the gym? Do you personally like do anything, um, like have a moment, or is it just driving in your car and you, you take yourself to that place and just think, oh, I, you know, I'm just going to go and then train, do my thing? Or is it something that just happens more automatically for you now because you've been thinking on it for some time? Um, or do you use like a little. So, the, you know the, the moment is actually um <laughs> like it's it's before i make the decision to get in the car like once i get in the car i'm sweet i'm on autopilot yeah you know? okay like yeah. once i've actually started you know started chucking on my gear it's gonna happen like yeah, that's, rock up. yeah there's no there's no turning back once, the cues you know? yes. yeah so but you know there's there's probably that that you know that one or two minutes before i'm sort of deciding to put to put my gear on and go to training where i'm like oh am i gonna do it you know i've got yeah. a lot of study What's to get that? done today <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm working through the excuse list. I'm working through, you know. <laughs> so let's say we're discussing someone else that's in your, your shoes because there's many, many people out there that go through that exact scenario. We talked about ways that we get through it. I think everyone does. What, what kind of steps would you advise somebody who's working through these barriers uh, on, a, on a mental uh, level? Like what, what, what steps could they take to, to help overcome the anxiety and... The idea of the class being, you know, more intimidating than it actually is, and all that kind of stuff, like yeah. to to sway that 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 decision in the right direction. Is there? Yeah, sure. Are there tools? Um, yeah. So look, I mean, the the first the first thing for me really is to just accept that you know I'm, I'm probably not going to look awesome at what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I'm probably not going to be on the level um, that everyone else is, but but that's okay because everyone has to start somewhere. So, I, and then just, just sort of, you know, telling myself in the back of the head that, you know, even the people that are awesome at this, you know, no one rocked up sort of instantly able to do what you guys do. It's taken work. It's taken, 
you know, patience and, and, and motivation to get to that point. And even you guys had to start somewhere. So, uh, you know, at least give, my op- give myself the opportunity to, to actually, you know, take a step in, in, in that direction, regardless of where I'm at at the moment. So, mm. you know, and just, just sort of telling myself, it's okay to take baby steps. It's okay to, um, you know, just, just have a go at something. You know, I think in terms of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the movements that, that, that you guys teach, you know, uh, it, it appears to me that you're quite careful in terms of sort of planning the regressions, you know, for, for someone like me to actually be able to have somewhere to start um, so that, you know, I'm not sort of, you know, jumping in the deep end and, and you know, having to tackle something that's enormously difficult <laughs> um, straight off the bat. But, um, yeah, and, and then just, just understanding that, you know, like, you know, especially in, in, in an environment like this and the people that we train with here, like, we, we train with some really cool people that are, like, super supportive and, you know, like, I've, I've never sort of had anyone, you know, you know, give me dirty looks or, <laughs> or, or <laughs> you know, you know, judge me in, um, in the gym. That's, that's, you know, I don't have any evidence to support that, that um, you know, that, that idea that I am being judged, you know. So, Douchebags don't last at JB. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's a fact. We judge them. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a douchebag. It's not for you. But um, but yeah, just being able to tell myself, look, you know, I, I can, um, you know, I can have a go at something. It's gonna look weird. That's fine. Um, you know, at least I'm having a go. I might have some fun with it. You know, but you, you know, can I laugh at myself at the end of the day if I try and, you know, do a cartwheel and suck miserably, like, you know? So. I, you know, there's, there's, there's fun in that process as well. There's a bit of humour around it. So. Do you ever, um, you know, because I have this, con- you know, we have this conversation with people often, right? And um, in a really, you know, a lot of new people that will come to the gym, uh, perhaps they'll walk past and they'll come to speak to us and they'll, they'll come in while the class is on. And, you know, the class will be busy, you know, whatever, there's 15, 16 people and you often pick up from a conversation that that person will think that everyone in that class was super advanced. They'll be like, mm. oh, I, I came by that time and everybody was doing handstands yeah, <laughs> or, you know, whatever. And you're like, actually, there was one person in that class that can do like a five-second handstand. Like <laughs> most people were doing something much more, you know, basic than that. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, you, you come to understand that when people are in that headspace of, oh, fuck, uh, I'm a little bit out of my depth, that the perception is that every... I feel the perception is that everybody else is is really advanced. Yeah. Like, and they see only the people that are better than them. Yeah. They don't actually see, oh, no, there's like a 70-year-old woman over there who's like <laughs> doing a static hold on the floor and there's someone there with terrible shoulder mobility. They're stretching their shoulders and, you know. Um, can you talk on that? Like that idea of yeah, you, you almost yeah, amplify um, it? Yeah, it's 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 a me and everyone else you know, kind of proposition. There's no sort of um, <laughs> there's there's no complexity in what everyone else looks like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So just you know, above, and, and that's and that's yeah, and that's again, you know, when I'm just stuck in my own head, you know, I'm not willing to acknowledge that. You know, there's other people that are on different levels. I see someone doing anything, you know, handstand related, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, that <laughs> ten times better than me. You know. <laughs> yeah. So you know, but but um. Look, I think you know on on um, look on, on a slightly different point. Um, you know, it, it, this is where some of the body image you know stuff ties into it as well, because it's it's 
you know, it's quite easy for me to get fixated on sort of, okay, you know, I am, you know, this size or this weight, you know, like physically it's impossible, you know, <laughs> um, and, and, and have that sort of narrative playing in my head, even though there are, you know, uh, I've seen video evidence of people, my weight doing some really cool stuff, <laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. so I don't really have that excuse anymore, but it's, it's, it's part of the narrative, you know, around um, I look a certain way, so I shouldn't, you know, I'm not going to be able to accomplish you know what what everyone else can do so you know and, and and recently i've been you know i've been trying to get to a place where and it's still very much a work in progress where i'm just you know i'm i'm, I'm more focused on i want to be more focused on what my body can actually do um rather than how it looks so I, you know when i come to a place like this and you know i'm able to see what sort of gains i've made in terms of you know say squat depth or or mobility or, or you know things that I couldn't do before that um you know that I'm that I'm slowly sort of making some progress in um you know it's 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 more useful for me to be able to connect with that than to stay focused on okay well, I still look a certain way I haven't accomplished anything you know I'm still the same weight I haven't yeah I haven't dropped anything so and what you're talking about there uh it doesn't matter where you're at in your physical capability, you can always fall into that trap because there's always going to be someone a little bit better than you. There's always going to be someone a little bit more ripped, a little bigger, a little stronger mm. that, that you'll be able to find out there, especially in today's world with access to the internet and the rest of it. Mm. So I guess that first step of just accepting where you are now yeah. is a strong one. And just being happy, happy in, in what, with what you got, in your yeah. skin that you're in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's a um, <clears throat> there's a thing there that comes to mind, which is really evident in jujitsu, and I I have dealt with this myself ever since I started, and I'm better at it now because I've had to ad- had to get good at it. But I know people starting off really battle with it, and it's the idea that you're you have a certain place within the team that you train with. So say you come and grapple here at Jungle Brothers and you have training partners and you have a level of performance against each of the people in the class that you accept. Mm. So it's like, oh, there's the, the bigger, stronger, more experienced person. They always kick my ass. It's okay. There's the smaller person who's newer. I always kick their ass. You know, you don't, you don't yeah. consciously think it, but you just kind of subconsciously understand it. And then you take a holiday and you don't come to class for three or four weeks. And then you come back and the rankings have changed because you haven't been practicing, but the person maybe whose ass you were kicking is now dominating you. Yeah. And you get really, uh, it's really easy to get put off by it because you're like, fuck, I've lost. All you, all you see is, is how far you've fallen. Mm. It's a horrible feeling. It's a ter- like in the fight game, it's huge, And you know right? it's not supposed to hurt and is it, it, like that's, yeah, if, but it's horrible. Yeah, it, it, and it, yeah, and I think... It like yeah, it's the worst. It crushes the ego, um, and I said like I've had to adapt to it because I've seen you know, after eleven or twelve years in the game, I've seen so many people who were who I was maybe once better than surpass me, you know, infinitely, yeah. right? And I'm like, okay, that that's how it goes. But the thing is, is that you will always set yourself up for fail. We can all acknowledge this if you if you compare yourself to the people that you are training with there's a strong chance, there's a, there's a likelihood that you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm. So what I tell people in the grappling world when they come to that sort of issue, it's usually at about sort of six to 12 months in the game, 
I tell them, don't compare yourself to the people that you train with, but compare yourself to your friend who doesn't train, <laughs> right? Your friend who just sits on the couch all the time and goes out drinking in the evenings, compare yourself to them. And so even though you took a three-week holiday, you're still progressing. It's just that you're comparing yourself to people who have been perhaps progressing at a faster rate or who didn't, you know, who didn't take a break or whatever it is. Um, can, can you talk on that idea? Because yeah, it's the yeah, same in a, sure. in a strength environment, right? Yeah. Um, well, look, I think, you know, the, the first thing that sort of comes to mind is, you know, I, I think, you know, on some level, you know, competition is healthy. You know, co- competition does have the potential to, you know, to drive us and bring out the best in us. So, you know, it's a bit of a balance between how much you're sort of able to connect with that and this, you know, this, this, this motivation to want to get better on account of, you know, of, of, mm. of someone else. And I find that, you know, as, especially within the realm of, of, of martial arts, that's where, you know, like it's, 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 it's most prevalent. So, but, um, but yeah, you absolutely can get to a toxic level of that where it starts to interfere with, you know, your own individual progress. And I think, you know, when, when you look at, you know, your journey as a whole, um, you know, in, in any sort of given skill set, you know, especially when you're starting to reach, you know, like a more advanced level of it, there's going to be ebbs and flows in, in your own individual journey. You know, your your rate of skill acquisition is never going to be perfectly linear. Um, you know, for some people, you know, there, there might be a really steep learning curve, there might be beginner's luck, there might be, you know, whatever it is, but, you know, different people are going to reach plateaus in their journey and, and you know, like when you're just re- reflecting on your own journey in, in, in a particular thing, um, you know, you, you come to understand that <laughs> your journey compared to someone else's journey, you know, it, it may just be a question of where they are on the curve versus, you know, where you are on the curve. So, um, but in terms of what, what you guys do here, you know, around like the periodized training and, and you know, the focus on, you know, um, you know, different movements at different times, you know, some things take a back seat, some, you know, in order to, to you know, to, you know, b- bring a more specific focus onto something else. So um, I imagine, that, you know, within the realm of your training that, that you, you, you would understand that, you know, even if you are sort of, um, you know, putting something on hold, that doesn't mean you're not making gains in other areas. So it doesn't mean that, you know, you, you're not getting the benefit of, you know, even if you're taking a holiday, you know, like, you know, yeah, what's, you're developing what's, something what, else. What's that doing for your mental health? You know, what's that doing for your overall health? You know, you know, on what level is that productive versus just, you know, Grinding. smashing yourself with jujitsu? Absolutely. So, you know, there is always some type of benefit to be had in terms of, you know, what you're working on. So to compare yourself, along one dimension across, you know, one fixed point in time, you know, is really, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of accuracy in that comparison. So it's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's true. There's, the, I mean, we, we, by nature of the, the variety of training we do here, that is a given that, that you, can, you cannot progress in all areas all the time. Hmm. And that's just talking the training sense, right? So we, yeah. we end up having that discussion a lot. But, and I think we've all come to accept it, you know, really well but there's still people you know members of ours who are who are younger in that journey and they're like they battle with it Mm. oh my deadlift is not what it was last year i failed you know you're (laughs) like dude you've done all this other cool shit i I think especially when you're making like a lot of gains really early in your journey you know you you assume that that's the norm yes (laughs) that this is the rate at which i'm going to be progressing from here on in 
in three years I should be deadlifting 300 kilos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I work it out that way. <laughs> I've done the math, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tempting trap to, to fall into, but, um, but yeah, life just doesn't work that way. So when we talk about, um, getting into, into situations where you start to, to, uh, feel like the anxiety and, and the, and the self-criticism, is that, is it a bad thing? Because it always seems like it's in environments that potentially going to help you grow. Mm. So this exposure to to an environment that makes you feel a little bit anxious or makes you feel a bit on edge, uh, a lot of the times that, that's that the environment that you potentially need to be stronger in. Yeah. So yeah. how do you – is there a balance there? Because you, you don't want to avoid uh, the, the areas in life that make you feel, feel a, 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 a discomfort. Yeah. So – when you're, look, I've got a perfect example actually. We had a member last night, uh, came in to do a strength and movement class. She got halfway through the warm up and it was, wasn't what she thought it was going to be like. And she just kind of, she had to walk out and mm-hmm. get some fresh air outside. And she'd felt like she'd bitten off more than she could chew on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, motions got the better of her. What would you, obviously, we all know that. It, where she was is where she needed to be. It's a good place for her. Yeah. But what? Um, how do you go about reintroducing that environment uh, at uh, a rate where it's healthy for them and not and not going to have that continual, okay, just feeling like shit every time they come in and yeah. not being able to get, th- get through it? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, wh- when it comes to, you know... Um, you know, anxiety, and you talk about you know sort of pushing yourself out of your your, your comfort zone. You, you're absolutely right. There is there is a level of that 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 is healthy. Um, you know, there, but there's a difference between sort of pushing yourself just outside your comfort zone versus you know jumping in the deep end. And so, you know, I I, I think um, you know for for me, and, and this was you know an insight that that <laughs> funnily enough I gained in 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 a, in a yoga class. Um, How dare you? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was sitting in um, in a, a Yin yoga class. I was getting into that for a bit, and and um, you know when, when I first rocked up, the idea, you know, I thought, you know, the goal was to sort of push yourself as hard as you can to to stretch as far as you can and just hold it and sit there and you know and endure you know the torturous pain. And then when it was explained to me, no, the the goal is to sort of find that that sweet spot that edge which is just outside of your comfort zone um and then sink into that you know and then find a way to incorporate that you know into your comfort zone give it a chance to 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 breathe and to move and 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 then you'll find that slowly slowly you know you'll start to make progress you know further than you would have if you were just sort of going all out and, and and pushing yourself and you know that was a lesson that you know i've i've sort of tried to extrapolate to, to life in general, you know, around, um, you know, for, it's it's not about sort of taking these quantum leaps forward, you know, in terms of, you know, um, in terms of your comfort zone. It's finding a way to, to just sort of sit just on the on the boundary out of, you know, like what's what's starting to bring up that heart rate for me a little bit, what's starting to induce a little bit of anxiety and then, and then sitting there, you know, not feeling obliged to sort of go further but just finding a way to just sit with that discomfort 
um, for a little bit and then you know saying how you feel do you want to push it further Adapt. you know if you had enough yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly so um, when it comes to you know anxiety that, that, that you would feel in you know, a situation like you know in this environment I think the you know the, the, the first thing that, um, that you've got to do is just sort of regulate the physiology um, you know if you can find a way to maybe just um, you know m- maybe you have to walk out maybe you have to just you know focus on some breathing and just find a way to settle your heart rate settle your nerves a little bit um, and then make a decision around what you want to do next you know whether or not you still want to go back in there and re-engage with it or or you know if you've had enough for the day I, I think that um, you know you, you guys put a lot of effort into really creating a safe environment here where you know people don't you know, I've never sort of been forced to do anything in here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's 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 always like, okay, can you do this? Do you want to have a go at it? You know, like that's that's <coughs> I mean, that's how I've always felt in here, and 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 I imagine that um, you know, continuing to push that message around. You know, like, what do you feel comfortable doing? This is what we're doing. How far do you want to take it? If you need to, you know, if you need to take it back, then that's okay. If you need to sit this one out, then that's okay. Um, but. You know where where's where's your comfort level sitting? How far do you want to push yourself? So, so um, so I want to ask like, um, obviously we're not psychologists here uh, as personal trainers or coaches, but often we sit in that unofficially chair. We unofficially are. we are yeah. So <laughs> so like you Give know advice all day, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so so we give them this advice, you know. I'll and tell we, you what's wrong with all of you guys. <laughs> leave her, leave her. Yeah. Tell her she's no good for her. <laughs> so you know we we try to provide that environment, and we we're getting people to push that comfort zone, that barrier, and then say, for instance, in this case, uh, they step too far. We encourage them to just come back a little bit and then rebuild, etc. So we're giving a lot of people like that advice to keep them going, to keep them in the game and moving forward. Um, sometimes it can feel like uh, we're just putting a, like a Band-Aid on the situation. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's got a level of anxiety and feels what we're talking about here today to different degrees of different dosages. Mm. But, you know, you see people who are... I, I can see, like, there's there's more work to be done there. There's there's deeper questions and, and issues that they're not dealing with mm. or that they probably need to address. And, you know, this goes back to whatever your upbringing, yeah. um, you know, your influences, yada, yada, yada. Um, I guess, yeah, my question is, like, uh, Ed, what's your advice to... What, what's your perspective on that? I mean... Um, only in extreme cases, I'll say, yeah. you know, you should talk to a professional, you know, because sure. I, I can only just help you in these moments. But yeah. you know no, what no, I'm no, trying I, to get I, at? I, I totally get that. Like yeah, all the absolutely. motivation stuff's cool, but you got you, you kind of got to go to the deep deeper, deeper question. Yeah. yeah. So look, I, for the long term, in, in, in all fairness, you know, I'm, I'm probably a bit biased on this, um, but you know, I'm I'm the type of person that thinks everyone has work to do on that level. Yeah, I, I um, agree. And I agree. that you know, like when we, you know, like part of my vision is, you know, when we talk about physical health, you know, you know, there's there's, you can differentiate between who's sick and who's not. But you know, within, you know, the, the subgroup of who's not sick, there's still a whole bunch of work on your physical health and varying levels of physical health mm-hmm. that 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 can be done, you know, to improve your physical health. So. Um, you know, mental health really isn't any different. You know, you can differentiate between who's, 
you know, who's, who's, who's sort of really struggling with something and who's not. But again, there's still a whole bunch of stuff that you can be doing, even if you're not struggling on that level, to, to improve, you know, your mental health. And I think in terms of sort of differentiating um, between, you know, whether or not you should be referring someone on to, to, to someone else or how to handle that conversation, you know, really the, the question that springs to mind is, you know, this particular issue that you're describing, how much of an impact is it having on your life? Mm. So, you know, is this, is this affecting your work? Is this affecting, you know, your relationships? Is this affecting, you know, your, your day-to-day activities? If it's interfering with that on any level, um, then you should be looking at it more seriously. But if it's something that sort of, you know, pops up from time to time, um, you know, you're kind of aware of it, but for whatever reason, you know, life is happily plodding along. You're doing everything that you want to do. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to ignore it, um, but but I'd say it's 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 probably not as much of a pressing concern in in terms of like you actually need to go and get help. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Totally. So I I feel like the, the the best thing that that you could do in that sort of situation is is just you know you know not even have to you know, feel obliged to, to, to give advice or, or anything like that, but create a space where, you know, people feel comfortable enough to actually tell you what's going on for them. Mm. You know, like if you're able to to build trust on that level where, where someone is able to connect with you and share some, you know, some, some, some vulnerable stuff, um, that alone has a healing effect, you know. So it's, it's, it's less about... And, and sometimes I think the tendency for us is to fall into this, okay... Um, problem solution <laughs> mind frame yeah. and, and, and mental health really doesn't work that way like if I bring you a problem I'm not necessarily looking for a solution maybe I'm just looking for someone to listen you know maybe yeah. like great point you know quite, quite often um, you know and, and you'll hear you know in in in, in some realms of, of you know um, you know psychology and mental health you know they refer to this idea of you know our our innate you know, healing ability, you know, on, on a psychological level. So, you know, being just just having access to a space where we can do that own work ourselves um, and, and you know, possibly needing some level of guidance but not actually needing someone to go in there and, and you know, and fix our problems and tell us what to do, you know. There is a level that, that we are able to accomplish all by ourselves provided, you know, we've got an adequate support network provided we've got people that we trust and that we can just just sort of um you know verbalize because you know sometimes just by thinking out just by describing an issue to someone else you you can come to understand hey this is not what i thought you know (laughs) this is just having to actually find the words to describe something that's going on in your head you know have you ever had that feeling when you 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 say something it's like oh now that i've said it that really kind of sounds kind of stupid i'll have that i have that with my wife like when yeah, there's a bit of tension and something's come up and then we're having a semi, not really argument, but it's just like releasing whatever it is. And as I'm trying to articulate that thing, by the end of saying it all, I'm like, yeah, it seems it seems so silly. Yeah. You know? Well, it's just weird how the brain works or like human mind works like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there, there is benefit from your perspective of, again, just being able to give someone that opportunity and, and mm. not feeling like you actually have to say the perfect thing or you actually have to because the perfect thing to say doesn't exist you know yeah. you, you, you're not going to be able to give someone that perfect piece of, of, of advice that's instantly going to fix all their problems but you just need to harden up mate <laughs> <laughs> I usually just, like, I just uh, 
do another set. Yep. So one more set. Up, that one more set. That will solve I've everything. got my next client. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have a stretch. <laughs> but in 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 real, uh, like on a, on a, on a serious note, I know for myself as a as a coach, I can I don't I never want to try and cross that line yeah. of giving somebody like pre- prescribing advice yeah. for somebody's issues. It's very important. And I think if you're dealing uh, with a friend even mm. and they're coming to you and they're talking to you and opening up to you, mm. it could be very easy just to say, like, for instance, you got to leave him or, yeah. you know, something that's, like, swaying the decision. Something definitive. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's a fine line, uh, especially in what we do because physical activity starts to release a lot of, a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. So... Um, yeah, there's all, I almost feel like in, the, in that idea of sort of personal development that people often start with the physical side. They start with training and then, you know, once they sort of get a handle on that, it sort of starts to go into towards lifestyle and habits and mindset and all those more emotional things or yeah. less physical things, I suppose. So it's like y- a pressure valve. Yeah. Just releases. And it, it's true. You do encounter a lot of that where you're like, oh, shit. I didn't know we were going to get to this point. Mm. So when we're talking about, <clears throat> we, you, you mentioned just like physical health and you can continue to work on that and better yourself at it, you can do the same with your mental health. Yeah. What kind of practice does that look like? So you, we've, we've talked about just talking to, to others and being in, a, in a, um, that, that environment where you feel uh, you can share, yeah. can, like connection. Yeah. Um, what other stuff could could you be doing well, to just keep your keep everything healthy sure, sure. Um, I think you know w- w- where I sort of imagine most people you know have uh, have an opportunity for gain is is around self-awareness you know I think that there's things that are happening on on an emotional level which you know if we're not accustomed to tuning into it can, can fly completely under the radar so uh, say for example when going back to the shame thing you know that's it's it's a difficult emotion to be able to identify you know like you know and and it's and it's pervasive like you know if you think about um you know there are people out there that sort of make life decisions you know based on 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 shame it's like okay you know what what subject am i going to sign up for at uni or or what what course am i going to do um do i want to be a doctor or lawyer to make you know mum and dad happy you know mm. um what's what's going to bring you know most money what's going to bring me you know respect you know these are things that you, you wouldn't even you know on the surface of it you wouldn't even suspect that you've been influenced by an emotion into a thinking pattern that's affected the rest of your life do you know what i mean yeah totally mm. um so being able to, to to identify um you know what what those emotions are and when they actually do come up for you um, you know, is, is, is a great starting point and, and just sort of really asking yourself, you know, how you feel at any given point in time. Um, because the, the more that you're able to check in with, you know, how you're feeling, um, the, the more you can come to understand what type of influence that's having over your thinking patterns um, and actually start to get some distance from it so that you're not, you're not sort of accepting your thought patterns as gospel truth, you know, all the time. You understand that, you know, like thoughts are thoughts, they're, they're fallible. They're not sort of, you know, a, 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 an instant reflection of who I am at any point in time. Um, they, can be, they can be influenced. So, um, you know, I really think that 
building self-awareness is, is, is a great first place to start. Um, What's a tool or what are tools that one might, you, you know, would you say journaling or meditation? Yeah, both those things okay. come to the top of the list. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, They're great tools. Yeah, Tell I, me more about I, your interpretation of, sorry, Paul. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say, like, just on the self-awareness thing, um, I get that those are great tools and I use them too. Um, but then I see the, the dangers, the things that are built into this world that keep you in between, yeah, from being self-aware, largely the overstimulation of people looking outwardly towards the world with social media, et cetera, and just yeah. shit. I just find even me and I feel like I'm, I'm pretty aware of all this stuff. I can totally get caught up in being distracted. I jump in the car, I put on my podcast and I, I do that like habitually and then some days like last night I, was, I got halfway through and I was like, what the hell am I listening to this for? I've actually got heaps <laughs> of shit to deal with in my mind. I switched it off and I had some good time with myself but I'm, you know, I, I'm like 36. Like there's kids out there that don't have that level of awareness and I, yeah, I mean it's all, it's, it's cool. I just thought I'd comment that it's hard for people to have that time yeah, or that maturity yeah. to stop. and Because I feel like if, if they sat in a room alone, um, they, they'd come to some of these conclusions. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. But, you know, I think, um, firstly, in terms of what you're describing and actually sharing, you know, your struggles around there, that, you know, that, that that's a message that a lot of people need to hear. That, mm. you know, I mean, you know, from sitting in my chair, um, you know, like it's quite easy for me to go into a place where like you guys you, you know you guys all have it together you know <laughs> you oh, guys all, how you, wrong you, you, are. you guys are all doing really well you're super fit you're doing this you're doing that killing yeah, it bro like, <laughs> exactly so uh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> hold me <laughs> but, but yeah firstly in terms of you sort of you know being willing to share you know like what what you're struggling with in terms of um you know carving out that time for yourself like that i think it's an it's an important message um in terms of how to solve that you know i think it's starting to make its way more and more into the mainstream that that you know meditation journaling you know it's not these things are starting to become a little bit like fads um mm. but that doesn't mean there isn't any benefit in it it's just it's becoming, yeah it's just it's, it's just becoming more accepted it's making its way into into the mainstream that you know we do actually need to carve out some time for ourselves to to engage in 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 these self-care activities so i think um you know that's that's going to be an ongoing challenge and yeah. as that we continue to evolve as a society um that that's going to become more and more acceptable and more and more common and more and more you know, like top of mind and mm, necessary as well, considering yeah. what Paul was talking about, the overstimulation and access to yeah. information nowadays. Absolutely. I was listening to that Naval, what's his name? Like Ravikant. Ravikant the other day. He was saying something, it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. What's he? He's a... I think he's an investor. He's an investor, but he's, he's got a... He's read a fuckload of books. Yeah, but he, he was saying he, he thinks that it's, it's like our generation... Like it's generational. Our generation is kind of going through the heaviest part of the transition, mm. and the way that we're, we're we're learning how to deal with this, and we're trying to get the levels right yeah. between we've got the technology, we've got exposure, we've got anxiety levels, yeah, all the information just overloaded, anxiety levels, mm. uh, suicide levels just skyrocketing, and then yeah, now we're trying to find the solutions for it, and you know, yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out as a human race. He's very optimistic. He is. 
Okay. I haven't it, checked out that podcast yet. It's cool, man. He has a, a good quote from somebody else. I don't remember it exactly, but it's along the lines of the majority of man's problems come about because he can't sit in a room by himself <laughs> for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that. <laughs> um, journal. What would you advise someone write, writes, in, writes in, in a journal? Um, I actually really like Joey gave me a, a, a template of, of um, yeah, I don't know where you got it from. But this one here? Um, I, I have had a bit of a crack no. at that journal. Okay. It's been a little bit more difficult for me to, um, to, to connect with that. But um, yeah, look, I, I still remember the template you gave me. It was, it was, it was really simple. It was like, okay, um, you know, uh, uh, just a set of questions that you go through every day. So um, firstly, you know, how did you go today? You know, like what, what what did you do well? You know, how do you, how do you think you went? Um, number two, you know, what are you feeling heavy about? Um, number three, what are you feeling light about? Uh, number four, you know, a few things you're grateful for. Um, and then number five was like you, you, your goals um, for the next day. The goal thing, you know, I've 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 kind of struggled with. So you know, I I changed it to you know, what are your plans for the next day? <laughs> Because uh, plan seems a little bit more flexible, and you know, I keep beating myself up for not <laughs> for writing goals every day and then not doing anything. It's an expectation, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, this is not working for me. This, you know. yeah. So, cool. but 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 one thing that's um again something else Joey gave me was um you know um he, he encouraged me to to answer the question you know why do I train mm. um you know and that was something that I stuck with for a while and um you know I I got a whole benefit out of um you know. Really connecting with the reasons why, you know, I'm 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 doing something, you know, especially if it's something that you know I have to try and motivate myself to do. So, um, where that's actually really important is is um you know I've since learned some 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 theory about motivation, you know, through through my psych studies. So it's a little bit um, it's a little bit heavy, but I'm happy to share with you guys if bring that's it. a heavy podcast. So yeah, so one of the more you know, one of the most recent theories of, of, of motivation is, is something called self-determination theory. Mm. And the idea behind it is that, um, you know, the, the central sort of distinction in motivation is, is what they call controlled motivation. So these are things that where, you know, the, the, you know, the, the behavior is sort of contingent <coughs> upon, you know, something else happening that's, that's external to us. So, you know, in some cases it can be, you know, a, a reward or a punishment. Um, versus autonomous motivation, you know. So these are things that that we can rely on within ourselves um, to be able to, you know, motivate us to engage in a behaviour. So I think, um, you know, when we talk about, say, control motivation, you know, if if you were to engage in like, you know, a fitness activity and someone offered you money. <laughs> You know, you would do something that you don't want to do for money, or, or you know, yep. or, or for some type of reward, or if someone said anything, or, or if someone said I'm going to kick your ass if you don't do this, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, again, reward punishment, you know, it, it, it works on that level. Um, there's another part of that that's that's called, um, you know, it's it's like a continuum, you know, they try to describe it as a continuum between, um, you know, controlled and, and autonomous motivation. So at the other end of that continuum is is what they call intrinsic motivation, where you know, you do something because you like doing it. You, you actually enjoy the activity. It's, it's not hard to get motivated, you know, if you actually it's enjoy like no, there's doing There's nothing something. external about it. It's no, all within you. No, you actually want to do it because you enjoy it. So um, 
the first step up on the continuum from you know that purely external externally regulated motivation is something called um, introjected regulation so what this means is that um, it's not it's not so much about someone else that's going to give you you know a reward or a punishment but it's more about how you feel about yourself as a result of engaging in a behavior you know if you perceive that um, you know you're going to be judged by other people for not doing something um, you know then that's that's a motivation for you to do the behavior so it's not it's not entirely internal um, because you know in the absence of other people you know there's still not that motivation to engage in it but you know if if um or say you know if 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 something makes you look good or you get a sense of pride out of it or you, you know you're trying to show off to someone else you know um this idea that somehow other people are involved with um our own motivation to do a behavior because of how we feel and that's where that that whole shame piece really sits because you know like if you you know if it's like I have to exercise because you know I don't want to look horrible. Um, you know that that really feeds that 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 whole shame piece around you know how we perceive others are judging us. So it's it's thought to be not an entirely stable form. Intro in, introjected regulation. So, so so let's say we create a scenario here, which is quite common. I think somebody's m- driven by autonomous motivation. And it's, and it's exercise. Doctor said, if you don't start moving, you'll fucking die. Or yeah. you, know, you know that you need it, but you don't like it. Is, can, you, can you move autonomous motivation? Can that transition can. into something intrinsic? And you know, what are the, what's, the, what's the, the steps involved in something sure, like that? Sure, yeah, you absolutely can. So uh, let me just finish off the, the, the other two points because it, it sort of ties in together. So the, the next step up on that continuum from introjected is what they call identified, um, uh, identified regulation. So that's where, you know, you, you intrinsically value the outcome of what you're doing. You might not actually enjoy doing it, um, but in terms of, you know, you know, what, what that activity means to you, um, the outcome is genuinely important to you. You know, it's not, it's not a function of what someone else wants. It's not, um, it's not in any way affected by, you know, by other people. So, you know, um, you know, when you've sort of identified, you know, what things are important to you in life, um, that's when, you know, it's easy to be able to connect with the role that this activity plays in terms of you getting the outcome that you want. So I feel interjected motivation when I'm doing my tax. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get judged for not doing your tax. <laughs> yeah. So the the this, the um, the next step up from that is is what they call integrated regulation, and this is this idea that you know um, this activity actually forms a part of our identity. You know, it's 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 a case of this is who we are, and this activity, even if we don't enjoy doing it. Um, is consistent with who we are, what we value, you know, our lifestyle, you know, what we, what we present to the world. So, um, you know, and this idea that if you didn't do this, like, you know, whatever activity it is, be it exercise, um, you would notice its absence. You would feel really weird about it because you're not being consistent with who you are. So that's, that's it's meant to be identified as, as you know, the, the, the gold standard in terms of what's sustainable motivation is when you've been able to have a proper think about you know who you are what your identity is what your values are what's consistent with that and what activities are consistent with that 
um, you know, that's when you were able to get to that place of motivation. So, you know, they describe this this process of internalization. So, you know, around how an activity, you know, starts to starts to move along the continuum. Um, you know, which is what you were asking before, and um, they've they've. This is where the theory starts to get a little bit hazy for me. So, <laughs> bear with me here, but. Um, they talk about mm. how, you know, if an activity is able to satisfy um, three basic psychological needs, um, then, you know, that will affect the degree to which it can be internalised. So those, those needs are firstly autonomy. Mm. Um, we need to feel like it's something we actually have a choice about. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to feel somehow like we're in control of this activity that we're doing. If it feels like something we're being forced into, then we don't feel in control, we don't feel like it's... You know, it, it's actually our decision. Um, the the two other needs are um, the need for competence um, and the need for relatedness. So competence is, is this idea that we need to actually be able to do it. <laughs> um, it needs to be something that's sort of, you know, w- w- within within our skill set and not something that, you know, we, we completely suck at. <laughs> Right. Um, so, you know, there, there needs to be some part of, you know, the task, even if it's sort of, you know, a range of tasks or something that we get better at over time, um, it, it needs to be clear when we're actually able to accomplish it. Um, and the need for, for relatedness, um, you know, it's really basic needs, just being, being about being able to connect with people. So, you know, if, if you're able to satisfy, if, if an activity is able to satisfy those three needs, um, then even if you're not at that point of, of, of integrated regulation, um, then you at least give it the opportunity to, to start to internalise, you know, some of those behaviours. So and it starts and it moves along that. Like it, it moves along that continuum. The, so it may not be integrated to start with. Yeah. So the, but in time, the, it could the, be. the guys that wrote the theory were pretty adamant about saying it's not like a stage thing. It's not something that you sort of move, move through, through linearly. Um, you know, there, there, there might be, again, ebbs and flows in that journey. There might be, yeah. you know, a whole bunch of stuff that happens. But um, bringing it back to, you know, what we were talking about before with the journal. So when you asked me, why do you want to train, <laughs> you know, and actually being able to go to my journal and connect with that every day, you know, again, rather than sort of focusing on, um, you know, I want to train because I want to look good or, or because I want to, you know, um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to satisfy how, how other people see me. It's like, okay, no, where does this activity actually sit within my identity? You know, where does this sit within my own framework of values? You know, why am I doing this? Um, and, and really taking the time to connect with that on a regular basis um, is, is, is something that I got a whole lot of benefit out of. And it's consistent with the theory. That's so. yeah, that's cool. That's that's really interesting that there's yeah, there's a science yeah. or a theory behind behind that idea. I guess it's uh, it's yeah. asking you to be introspective about responding to that question, isn't it? Rather than yeah. like, oh, because I whatever, because I want to lose weight or because I want to be yeah, you know, something that is uh, external, yeah. extrinsic. So uh, again, you know, for for someone like me, being able to go back to okay. Um, you, you know, what can my body actually do? <laughs> you know, what do I want my body to be able to do rather than how does it look? Um, is something that's that's just helped me get get humble about, you know, where I am and sort of break out of this mind frame of, you know, I can't do X and X because I look a certain way, you know? So, um, again, ongoing challenge for me. <laughs> um, 
you know, definitely a work in progress, but, you know, that's, that's hopefully the direction I'm headed in, so. Do you feel like having more understanding around how this all works, does that make it any easier or harder for you? <laughs> well, you know, again, there are things that I have been able to take that work for me and there's things, you know, like, I'm like, okay, I get it on one level, but I'm really struggling to, to actually <laughs> apply it in my own lives. It's that disconnect between, you know, theory and practice sometimes. Yeah. So... Yeah, but um, but yeah, look, I think you know at least having some perspective on it is 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 you know a great place to start. So, Corim, you mentioned shame a lot. Uh, yeah. And then we talk about word, yeah, yeah the um like just uh, self awareness, mm. and I mean there's so many. I, uh, I'm guessing the more uh, how would you say. The more emotions you you understand the definition of, mm. like uh, the the more emotionally aware you become, is that because when you say shame, and then I think about okay we've got shame, and then think about other uh, emotions that are potentially uh, connected to that, or yeah. or it's you could same. you could like maybe just think you're angry, yeah. but you don't realise that sure. it's actually shame. And then yeah. you, you lash out instead of dealing with what's going on. What's the difference between something like, what's the difference between feeling shameful and, and guilt? Yeah, yeah, no, great question. Because actually, the guilt a lot of people struggle with this one. Yeah. So, um, mm. You know, the way it was described to me was that, you know, when, when you feel guilt, um, it's more in response to a specific behavior that you've done. So it's not necessarily a judgment about who you are as a whole um, to say, you know, like if I. If, if I skip training today, you know, I might feel guilty about it, um, you know, but I understand that that's, that's not, it, it may not be a reflection on who I am in general. Do you know what I mean? So whereas if I, you know, if I engage in the shame pathway, it's like if, if I do something wrong, then that's, a, then that's a direct reflection on who I am, you know. So it's, it's you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible person who, who, who doesn't train if I skip a day. So I, I, th I think, you know, it is easy for people to sort of get the two mixed up. And what you find is that, you know, people that, that, that have been able to, um, you know, that are better at sort of dealing with shame tend to, tend to engage with, with or, or tend to connect with their guilt, you know, a little bit more often, you know, rather than sort of mistaking it for shame. Because guilt, um, you know, it's, it's well, I mean, all emotions are... are uh, are impermanent, but you know, guilt is it's it's more of a temporary kind of thing. Is that you understand that this is something that, you know, it's it's it, it doesn't have its place in, in 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 the broader scheme of things. That you've done something wrong and you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> like if you've you know, I don't know. trying to come up with good examples here, they just <laughs> they're, they're not coming to me. But you know, if you've hurt someone, if you shouted at someone, say you know, like you might feel guilty about doing that. Um, but that doesn't make you like. You know, an aggressive person that should be locked up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. instantly make you a criminal. Whereas, you know, some people might, you know, uh, if someone has a habit of doing that, then it's quite easy for them to engage in, in feeling shameful about that. Does that sort of make sense? Have I? Oh, I, I get it. So it's it's more about perhaps repeated, well, repeated behaviours or thing, maybe something that is more consistently part of your character that would make you feel shameful rather than a, a one-off thing or well, it's, kind of it's, what you're pointing to? Well, 
not necessarily because some people can feel shame over you know a one-off you know a, a one-off event you know like if a person hasn't sort of reached that level of, of you know emotional health or emotional maturity then they can still do something which you know a normal person would feel guilty about but for them it's just you know they it engages that inner critic instantly yep. they go straight to that place of shame mm. whereas you know like a person that has done a little bit more work on themselves is is sort of able to to get to that 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 place of guilt do you so think it's worth for an, for anyone to to get themselves uh more educated in emotional vocabulary and then learn to like increase their emotional intelligence so they can so they can identify, for instance, the difference between feeling guilty and shameful or just feeling angry yeah. so they can, they can deal with the issues that they're going yeah, through well, or you know, would you just go to a psychologist? Well, he, I mean, here's another mind screw just in relation to what you were saying before. There's, there's, you know, in some circumstances, there's a secondary set of emotions which mask you, <laughs> your initial one. So when you talk about <laughs> sort of not, not knowing what's going on and then getting angry. Complex things, um, are we? <laughs> yeah, so, some people get, get, get angry because they don't know what the hell's going on or because, you know, they're feeling sad and they're just trying to break out of that, that, that mind frame. Been so, there, you know, it's, 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 it's another level of complexity to what's going on. Um, 100% I agree, <laughs> you know, people should get educated about it, but it's more than just sort of looking it up in a textbook. <clears> I think the only way to, to build real awareness around that um is to constantly be checking in with yourself how am i feeling you know once you've you've you know once you've read the dictionary on that um to to go back and regularly ask yourself you know check in with it you know so because otherwise you know if you're not on the lookout for what these things are you don't actually know you know when they're coming up for you or not so yeah and uh, and it, it could be dangerous if you're you're not identifying something for what it what it really is like yeah. it, so, so there's 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 a theory that um you know emotions are you know messengers of the psyche and so you know that there's there's a reason why we've evolved with them they're designed to help us in some way they're designed to give us you know um you know some really important information so you know w- w- that being said you know they're not always going to be entirely accurate or um, beneficial because the environment's not, changed yeah 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 so in you know in a modern environment it's not always going to be useful but you know um say for example something like like guilt um you know when, when we connect with you know why am i feeling guilty it's because you know it, it, the idea is that in some in some way we're meant to correct our behavior based on what we're feeling so if you were to feel guilty after doing something that's your psyche's red flag to tell you, hey, don't do this. <laughs> You're going to feel like shit after it. Yeah. So when you're able to draw the link between the two, it's like, okay, I can change who I am as a person and not engage in that behavior because I don't like how I feel when I do it. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, um, when you're, say, like if you're, if you're feeling sad, um, you know, some would argue that the, the purpose of, of, of the emotion of sadness is is for you to to reach out and to actually connect with other people because that's what you know evolutionarily is 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 meant to you know increase our chances of of, of survival so um you know it, it does start to get a little bit more complex and you know some would argue that the reason that we feel shame is to you know is to improve ourselves um the the, the problem in today's society is that you know quite often we experience that toxic level of shame um, where it just takes it too far and, and it actually interferes with, you know, our desire to, 
to, to, to get better. It actually stops us from, from, you know, getting off the start line to begin with. Almost, so, almost like when it becomes a chronic thing rather yeah. than an acute thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I mentioned the, the guilt thing because I've dealt with a lot of, especially one-to-one, um, just one-to-one coaching, like physical coaching, where I've, I've done everything in my power to help somebody mm-hmm. and no change has taken place. And I know that I'm out of my depth and it's not something that I'm capable of dealing with. I don't have the credentials, but it's always come back to uh, the guilty eating um, the guilty binging, the guilty skip, skipping training and feeling guilty about this kind of yeah. stuff. But mm. when you're dealing with emotions like this, I'm guessing that they have some kind of chemical reaction. If you're getting a long-term exposure to this kind of reaction, does it become almost an addiction? Ooh. Um, probably getting a little bit out of my depth here, to be honest. <laughs> just tell us. Because it just um, seems like these, <laughs> these things become habitual and I, when I things think, become habitual, it's very yeah, difficult to break look, out of those habits. There, there is a level of, you know, familiarity in terms of, you know, what we know about our own response patterns. Like when we get in certain situations, say someone might have a, you know, someone might have a tendency to avoid, you know, conflict or something like that. You know, they've identified when they're in that situation, they feel uncomfortable um, or they feel they, they feel bad and they can get rid of that bad feeling by just walking away, <laughs> you know. So I, I, I suppose when you get reinforced on that level, um, it does start to, you know, ingrain, you know, those, those patterns of behaviour. So that's, you know, it's quite a complicated area of psychology. <laughs> that seems, um, I mean, from my complete lack of education around this, but I feel like that becomes a behavioural thing yeah. whereby you... you you resort back to that um, that uh, your standard behaviour, yeah. which then you know, which then you end up feeling the thing, which let's say it's a negative thing, like you you respond a particular way, th- then you get angry, then you feel guilty, yeah. and you're like, fuck, I, I don't want to do that anymore, and then you do it again, and then you keep doing that, and, and until you find a way to change that behaviour. Yeah, yeah. So oh, no. you know, there's there's a whole, um, and I suppose this starts to go into like. Um, psychotherapy you know models um where i work um at at south pacific private they use something called a model of developmental immaturity um which basically takes a look at what your maladaptive coping strategies are um so you know how how these things actually come about and starting to trace it back in terms of their their development um you know as a child so uh, you know when this you could go back generations as well yeah this kind of thing well a lot of it has to do with how you're parented mm. so uh, you know um you know he, he, the, the theory behind the model is that you know every child has um you know some basic needs um and that you know if if a parent you know is able to provide for those basic needs um, then they're not going to sort of develop issues. But if any one of those needs isn't met, then, you know, the child has to adapt. What are those needs? Um, stretching my memory here, but... Um, you, got, you got kids, bro. Uh, this alarms a, a me. Child is, is <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 a child is... I better make sure I'm on the right is, um, track. Yeah. Child, is food one of those? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, in terms of, yeah, basic psychological needs, um, a child is imperfect. Um, a child is vulnerable. Um, a child 
damn it, I'm drawing blanks. There's like five of them. Um, a child is, I think, worthy is one of them. Mm. Um, anyway, so I, the, the idea is that basically, you know, if, if your parents it in a way that acknowledges what these needs are. So say, for example, if, um, you know, if, if, if a parent doesn't recognise that his child is imperfect, you know, they just expect them to do the right thing all the time. Um, you know, that that child can go on to develop a complex between, um, you know, their, their, what they call their wounded child, which is where they're operating from a place where there's a core belief that they're bad, you know, that they're, you know, and sometimes it might become Not rebellious. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that can wind up, you know, manifesting into something completely different in adulthood where they turn into a perfectionist. Mm. Um, you know, so there's, there's that whole continuum of... of, of of behaviors. Um, it's interesting that you say that because in in this day and age, and it, especially in the in the fitness industry, perfectionism is almost looked at as like a like a like an achievement. Like, oh, he's yeah. a perfectionist. She's a perfectionist. But we know that's not necessarily the case, is it? No, no. Can you so tell I, us a little bit more about yeah, and I think the, the behind that the, the perfectionism thing is it's you know it's it's intricately linked to shame. <laughs> so um, it's, it's this idea that, you know, uh, uh, unless it's, it has to be perfect because I will be judged if it's not perfect. Um, so I think, you know, where it starts to become a problem is, you know, for some people, um, you know, if, if they, it can actually feed procrastination. So, you know, for some people, if they don't feel as though they're going to be able to achieve perfection, they don't even try. <laughs> you know, they, again, they yeah. don't actually get off, you know. That, I'm never that. going to win that. Yeah, so I might as well not try. I can't fail if I don't try, <laughs> you know. So um, I think for, for other people, you know, you can get to a place where, say, you've, you've, you've finished a job, but it's not entirely perfect. And because you've got that, that perfectionist tendency, you might wind up spending, you know, X amount of time for a really minimal sort of marginal gain in terms of the quality of the project, um, you know, and that's time that you could have been, you could have spent doing something else, which, you know, would have been more useful to you. But They're not capable of near enough, good enough and moving on to the, yeah, the picture. Yeah, 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 it has to be absolutely perfect and, and um yeah, and again, that's that's just something that can interfere with 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 people's functioning. So you know, it's it's um it, it can be quite debilitating if someone really feeds that because you know it's either you know they don't they don't try to begin with or you know they wind up wasting a whole lot of time on something which you know wasn't entirely necessary. So um yeah, I don't really have any sort of antidotes to that. To Kareem. Be We've got to uh, we've got to wrap up in a sec, but I wanted yeah. to I wanted to kind of ask in a in a very brief sense. You've touched on on journaling as a way for people to become a bit more self aware of their own thought and the, their own thought patterns and the, their own sort of internal dialogue. Yeah. Um, do you have you know any another thing that they could do to start to cultivate that self awareness? Be it a book you'd recommend or a, a meditation app you like to use. Or an experience that might help. Oh, okay. Um, book I'd recommend: uh, "Power of Vulnerability" by Brene Brown. Um, an app I'd recommend. I, I got into um, "Smiling Mind," um, a meditation app. It's an, it's an Australian one, so 
I don't know why that did it for me. Um, with Sam Harris's um, new app called Waking Up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another meditation app, which, um, yeah, look, I've sort of I've played around with it a little bit, but, you know, he's got some quality stuff in there and he's got some lectures and, and, and things as well um, that are attached to the app, so I would highly recommend that. Um, what else around? Yeah, look, I don't have a whole lot around journaling, but I think, you know... It's um, a pretty good place to start, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd say, you know, the, the only other thing I'd offer with journaling is, is you know, like make it, make it unique to you. You know, it, if there's something that you need to connect with on a more regular basis. So, again, in my example is what do I train? Um, you know, if there's some other type of, you know, behavior that you're wanting to, you know, um, you know to motivate yourself to do, um, connect with why you're doing it. You know, ask yourself why you're doing it on a regular basis. You know, really help sort of clarify, you know, what your values are um, and where that behavior fits into the broader scheme of things. And if you're able to to continue to connect with it, you'll be able to keep it top of mind. So, again, for me, it's training. You know, for someone else, it might be completely something different. So, Spot on, man. Well, that's, uh, that's super cool, bro. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys. And I got... Uh, so... Some other takeaways that we got from today. Uh, connection, surround yourself with, with the right people, good people. Uh, acceptance. Yeah. Uh, this is dealing with, the, with your inner critic. Uh, it takes work. Uh, it's okay to have a go. Uh, find a place of support. Be a good listener for those around us that could be going through uh, a similar, similar uh, issue, mm. uh, journey. Yeah. And the self-awareness is the big takeaway for me. Um, and satisfy autonomy, competence, and find the relativeness of what you're doing. Yeah. The three needs. Relatedness. Yeah. So. Very nice. Um, I might just take a quick moment to just, like, thank you guys for the space that you've created. Because I think, you know, the, for me, this is, like, a, a really... You know, I've, I've trained at a whole bunch of gyms in, in my life. You know, I've, I've gone to a whole bunch of sort of commercial places where, again, with the whole body image thing, you know, it's, it's been sort of difficult for me to engage with what they do. But, you know, I've, I've over time developed this, this vision of, of, you know, what health is, what fitness is. That's not, you know, just about jumping on a treadmill or lifting some weights. And I think that, you know, well, with what you guys are doing, um, you know, it's, it's you know, you, you're sharing your vision you know with with me and it's something that you know i wholeheartedly subscribe to in terms of you know i think the fight lift move thing really sort of you know encapsulates that as a whole and and um you know i just think it's really inspiring what you guys are doing and i just want to thank you for you know creating this space and sharing it with me so thank you man appreciate that thank you love having you around bro yeah awesome And thank you for sharing your time and knowledge with us today. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there get heaps out of this podcast. Absolutely. I hope so. Thanks. Yeah. And congrats on the 135 kilo back spot this morning, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it. Jesus. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in today, guys. We're going to wrap it up there. Uh, you can get us at junglebrothers.com. You can uh, check us out on YouTube or Instagram. Uh, yeah, if you want to know more about anything we're doing, just get in touch. Uh, if you like the episode and you have a friend, who would benefit from listening to it, please share it with them and give us an epic review. Thanks, guys. See you next week. See you next week. See ya.